Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Behind the Boots podcast. What's up, Bobby? What's up, John? How are you? Not too much. Uh, different setup today. Different look. I'm uh, next to you. Yep, you are next to me with your uh, pearly white thighs. <laughs> Milky white. Yeah, they're, they're super loud yep. right now. But uh, why? Why are we in this different setup? Well, we have a guest. Yay. We do. Yay, first guest. <laughs> first guest. Our first guest is Mike Matros. What's up, Mike? Uh, what's going on? Happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. This is a big deal for us, right? Huge deal. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for those of you listening, you need to watch because we're differently set up, right? We have three of us here on a table, and mm-hmm. uh, we're happy to have Mike Matros with us. Um, yep, very much so. Um, yeah, let's, uh, that's, I mean, what what else can you say? It's throwing us off. Yeah, this is different for us. But, um, but yeah, so you, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BT Boots Podcast. Um, be posting the episode, episode description as well. And as we like to do every week, we like to have a beverage with us, um, because, you know, we, uh, enjoy, you know, being drunk. Well, actually, that's Perfect. not the reason why, nope. but it is no, something it is. we do like. Yep. But we, uh, if you know, if you've followed the podcast for a while now, that you know the fact that these are stories about the military um, that really happen. What really goes on in the military, and most of those stories involve uh, either drinking, or you need to drink afterwards, or you were drinking before the story happened. Yep. So that's why we do it, and uh, we also like to showcase. Uh, local beers as well, and uh, this one is kind of near and dear to our hearts, as it is to Mike Matros's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Wormtown, our yes. friends over in Worcester, and uh, this is their summertime ale. But we've showcased Wormtown on the podcast Be before, the Behoppy, right? Yes. Um, we brought Mike on to the podcast for a couple different reasons. Although Mike's not a... He's a, better to look at. He is better to look at sure. across from me. <laughs> Let's not I mean, get carried away. Across from that. I'm not looking at Johnny, <laughs> thank God. But, uh, um, but Mike himself is not a military veteran, but he is a veteran of the fire department. He's a yes. firefighter for quite a long time. And he's a huge supporter um, of veterans' activities. Absolutely. And supporting veterans' charities and nonprofits. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And Wormtown provides some support for him with the Heroes Cup. So... Yep. That's what we brought him on to talk about is the Heroes Cup. Yeah. Um, so why don't you, uh, you know, tell us a little about yourself, your background. <laughs> All right. Well, um, the Heroes Cup Wormtown beer, we'll stick on the beer for a second. The, Hero, <laughs> the Heroes Cup beer will uh, be out in the tournament. You guys will see that in a couple of weeks. So they'll actually making a beer just for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Mike Matros, I'm a 15-year-old uh, veteran of the fire department. I met Bobby what, about six years ago, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I was holding a fundraiser, so I was running the marathon. So my fire department... That's the Boston Marathon, the most prestigious marathon Is in that our the 26.2? Yeah, 26.2 oh, wow. whole miles. Actually, funny story about that one. <laughs> it's the point two so that'll get you. I had never run a road race before I ran the Boston Marathon. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's the one to so start So the only with. way I know how to do something <laughs> is to just dive in and jump big. And I went and picked up my bid number for that marathon, and he hands me the bid number and stuff. I said, what do I do with this? He's like... <laughs> Put it on your Where? I'm like... Where? Does it go on my front, my back? Side? He's like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, this is the Boston Marathon. I'm he like, immediately calls 911. He's yeah, like, yeah, we're just getting an ambulance. Uh, yeah, I'm like, mile two. what's the big deal? <laughs> so the Boston Marathon is my first road race I ever run in my life. But So I was fundraising for that, raising money for a fallen firefighter out of Boston. And I don't, hockey's what I grew up on. So mm. when playing um, 
having a fundraiser between Sudbury Fire versus Framingham Fire, Bobby actually reached out to me and said, hey, we have a group of veterans. If you want a lead-up game, let's skate. So uh, we skated. I think we uh, – where were we skating? Bedford? Yeah, it was Bedford. Bedford. Uh, and then we closed the bar down. I remember them kicking us out mm-hmm. Which uh, is late night tradition. hours mm-hmm. uh, because I think everybody was just having a lot of fun. And yeah. it was very obvious, you know, the camaraderie between guys we'd never met all were good friends because – you know, likely respect for each other. And so that was kind of like a, a good caveat. And then we had the event re- event raised like 25000 in three hours. Oh, wow. Next year it was like, we got to make this a tournament. So then I stuck in touch with Bobby and said, let's, let's figure out how we do this. Let's make this thing a tournament. So first year we, I wanted to do something small. I wanted to do something like 16 teams, something just kind of get going. <laughs> it wasn't that you know, small. What, what was it, 54? <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe so. One? But again, yeah. you said you don't want to just do it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just jump in head yeah. first. So um, that was where the Heroes Cup was born. So um, then in at uh, year one, the Bruins had an event going on at the same time. They had their NHL alumni game going. Yep. So that's their big fundraiser. They raised like half a million dollars at that fundraiser. And we overshadowed them. Our first year, a bunch of guys coming in, they were pushed off to the corner of the rink and going through. And so after that meeting, um, that weekend, I should say, uh, the Bruins came and said, who's running this? Because this is one, a great event, but two, we want to help you. So um, they said that on Saturday. By Wednesday morning, I was in Bob Sweeney's office, and we had a deal signed and done by wow. Friday. So They were quick. And then it was officially the partner with the Boston Bruins, and then that just kind of led to our growth over the next couple of years. That's awesome. This is pretty awesome. Um, and it, Listen, I think he's being a little bit modest yeah. on, on uh, what it takes to, to set that up, You know, having watched him do it for these past uh, you know, five years. In going through everything, um, but again, it was all because he wanted to run the marathon and he was raising money, so he used hockey to do that. And that which is, which really you know brought us into it as well because it's it's uh, your passion for fundraising is uh, you know contagious, and you can just see that by the level that the Heroes Cup has expanded and and how you know how many different charities that it touches. So how, what is the charity aspect of the Heroes Cup? So it's kind of cool. So I, one thing I liked about the Boston Marathon was how it was everywhere you look, people were having marathon fundraisers, whether bingo nights or bar, uh, pub crawls, whatever. And I was like, that's kind of cool. It's one event. And, you know, I look at it, things as if you're doing something as a nonprofit and you're trying to raise all this money for your, your foundation, it's very hard because everybody has their own needs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so, but what I liked about, about the Boston Marathon is one really big event that benefits so many charities. And I wanted to try and keep that same idea. So we have um, our structure is our teams raise uh, their team entry fee, basically covers all their ice time and costs and everything, and that's a small donation to the Host Foundation, Heroes Cup Foundation. Mm-hmm. Anything they raise above that goes to the charity of their choice. So uh, we have teams, in fact, you have a couple teams playing for um, 22 with you guys that raise a lot of money. I mean, I think um, Will's, what, over 25000 I believe at closing today, it's like t- almost $26,000 yeah, raised. 26. Well, he needs to do it off ice because he can't do it on ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we always say. Hey, everybody's got a, got a position, right? And exactly. He, that's a, that's his, a pretty big yeah. advocate. He's right a there. very tall, intimidating man. When he asks for money, you give him the money. <laughs> hey, it works. It's true. But, like, that's a perfect example. Here's a guy who's kind of saw the model. He said, yeah, let's go. And now he's going to play, have a whole weekend. And then, meanwhile, that funds will go a long way. Mm-hmm. It'll certainly go a long way towards helping out, um, you know, what you guys are doing. And that times that by 90 teams, right? Yeah. So there's 90 teams out raising money going through for different charities. So at the end of the weekend, one event 
And then we'll end up writing 90 checks out to different charities. This team raised this much. This, And, and then there, we throw in surprise money and stuff like that, too, and try and incentivize guys a little bit more. But it works out because it's a fun weekend. Everybody's out tailgating, having fun, playing hockey all weekend. And we know come Monday morning, those 90 charities just benefited. Yeah, and... And that's, I mean, and that makes for really good hockey, too, because everyone's playing for something that they're very passionate about, right. so uh, it, it makes for very okay hockey, <laughs> uh, let's, let's be honest. Um, so Very okay men's league hockey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've, I've played in this tournament uh, since the first year, and from the first year, it's, like, flawlessly run, uh, so good on you and your team for that, like, that, that's awesome. So wh- what can we expect the players uh, this year, both on and off ice? Because I know it's going to be run a little different. Yeah, uh, a little different feel this year. Yeah, um, I'm happy. Just about a week ago, the governor announced that all the restrictions are going to be lifted in time for the tournament. So, did you personally do that? Hey. That's the rumors we've heard hey. that you went to his <laughs> office. Hey, don't I, think, ask, don't I think he sent Will Tyree to his <laughs> office. <laughs> don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. Right? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so um, we got the restrictions lifted, and we are ready to have a hockey tournament. So. Obviously, we were planning for a – we had to do two stages of planning. We had to do hockey tournament during a pandemic, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden restrictions got lifted. Now it's, okay, now we how do we live up to an event that people know us as oh, the Heroes Cup, and we don't want to let them down in terms of – It's a brand image thing, right? It's a brand yeah, image yeah. thing, exactly. So, you know, the pre-pandemic or having a tournament during the pandemic would have been very much show up, play hockey, wear your face mask, and leave. And it would have not Which had, is not what it's about at which all. Which is not what it's <laughs> yeah. about. It's The or whole fun. thing is about what happens off the ice. Exactly. And so trying to wrap my head around that was kind of it's kind of tough. But at the same time, it's like we didn't have an event last year. We have to have something this year. So if that's all we can do, if guys show up and we can't have anything formal and they go out in the parking lot and they hang out amongst themselves, fine. You know? Yeah. Um, maybe we can bump up some prize money and whatever we can do and try and build up for 2022. But then they... Uh, pandemic got lifted, and all of a sudden it's all right. Let's go. So yeah, we had everything planned for outside because we knew we were going to be allowed to do some stuff outside. So we wanted to have like a light ceremony, light stage with vendors and stuff that people could spread out, still have fun. But there's no big groups or anything. But once that got lifted, then it was our main stage. We had brought in. We usually do a big production. We were supposed to have Gary Sinise come out um, this year. You know, obviously, because of the pandemic, he, he wasn't able to come out. Mm-hmm. So we were that entertainment void was kind of a hole for us. You he, gained dust, though, so it's, it, it kind of evens out. All right, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Working so, on my stand-up. So uh, we ended up filling it. We put a call out to a um, local band manager, and I had seven bands, seven like top New England bands. Oh, wow. I'll say, yeah, we can't wait to play for a live crew. So in one day's notice, I filled two days worth of full live band, bands all weekend long. Everyone's just chomping at the bit to had, get back at yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, So we have um, a bunch of our sponsors stepped up because they're so looking forward to in-person events. Uh, Wormtown ended up setting up a whole beer garden outside. They'll have a whole Wormtown environment. We have um, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, FirstNet, wants to run a beer pong tournament. Like They're just really trying to embrace the whole weekend. All our sponsors are stepping up. They're giving us left products left and right. Really kind of kind of cool feedback in terms of that yeah. we had a one of our sponsors uh, runs the air ambulance he's like hey let's just um i'm gonna run the helicopter out of the tournament for the weekend so they're gonna actually gonna land the life flight helicopter at the tournament and run it all weekend long out of there friday night they're gonna do a flyover with the national anthem saturday they'll take some people up in the helicopter take them for rides and stuff like that's awesome that's, that's pretty cool so that's pretty cool you know they'll have a uh 
I think it's going to be a, a very different environment, but it's going to be set the tone for future years to come. I think there'll be a lot more motorhomes. I think there'll be a lot more tailgating environment where everything's outside, but guys can sit uh, and tailgate at the car and listen to live band all weekend long. It's pretty awesome, too. I, I just want to kind of go back to Wormtown, right? So you mentioned earlier they're doing a special beer brewed just for yep. the Heroes Cup tournament, right? Yep. That's pretty legit, right? That's pretty why awesome. we love our local beers. Um, for Wormtown to do that, that's pretty awesome. Does it have a name? Do you know, is it is it named or is it just like the Heroes Cup Brew? Or? I think it's the Wormtown Pale Oh, no, not the Wormtown. It's uh, the Heroes Cup Pale Ale. I think it's oh, nice. like a Pale Ale, some 5%. So I can drink um, massive amounts of it? Yes. And, okay. Yes, sir. And well, that's what it's all about at a hockey tournament. That's what it's all about. Volume. Perfect. Volume. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I haven't tasted it. Uh, they were actually, um, all the cans were getting printed um, today. So they're supposed to send me some videos. That's and really cool. Some, um, that is pretty Look legit. of that. But, yeah, that is legit. Um, it'll be at the tournament, and then they'll also be selling it in all the local um, alcohol stores, which uh, beer stores, well, the ones they're affiliated with. So they'll send us a percentage of the sales back, which yeah, is kind That's great. awesome. You, uh, you mentioned a little bit when we were talking um, and on Johnny's question, the growth of the Heroes Cup, right, from where it yep. went from the beginning when it was literally firefighters playing firefighters to raise money for your bib yep. uh, to, to, you know, to provide support for firefighters, fallen firefighters, into what we know the tournament is today. And for those you know, who don't know about the tournament, the scale, I, I, can't even, I can't even explain it, to go from the one-day event that you had to the first team, which first tournament, which had 56, to what originally was supposed to have 110 last year, roughly. 120. Because of COVID, right? 120. Right? And if 2020 <clears throat> happened, we would have been at 120. Yeah, and that's because of, you know, this is not just a local tournament. This is you know, teams from, from all over the world coming in. I know that we played against Marines who flew in from Okinawa, Japan, the first year. You had multiple yeah, teams from, from, from Canada, including a, a First Nations uh, Reservation Fire Department team I know was coming down too, yep. which was, I was excited to, to see that. But we, we also had a team from UK. We had a team from Dublin. Oh, wow. So some really cool international travel coming in. So that's so exciting for me to think about what's in the, in the future, but what do you see for the future of the Heroes Cup, and where do you want to take that, both from the tournament and from your foundation-wise as well? Um, I think there's – so our long-term projection prior to uh, the pandemic was obviously want to have Heroes Cup in different cities, and we want to kind of expand. And we started to have that conversation with a couple of NHL teams, uh, with Tampa Bay Lightning, National Predators, and having a Heroes Cup in different locations and kind of growing that footprint and ultimately – Heroes Cup Boston, because of their arena size, would always be the home. So if someone won a smaller tournament, say, in Tampa, they would get free entry to Boston, that kind of thing, and feed that, as, kind of keep on the Boston Marathon mentality as, like, a qualifying race, a qualifying mm -hmm. event. That was pre-pandemic. Now, you know, obviously, I think our focus this year is building that brand back mm -hmm. and get, becoming to the point where staying local, keeping on our folk, on our roots and saying, all right, this is what built this tournament, this is what we're going to build on, so let's get this year right, and then we'll start going from there. And what that long-term look like, I hope hope we can get back on track to that, but, you know, this year I'm just hoping, hoping to have that brand and people walking out and saying, you know, this is the best tournament we've ever played in. So we always talked, um, Bob, you were part of many of those conversations, when we were planning the tournament, it was not, I want to plan a hockey tournament, it was the hockey tournament. Right. So... I want to try and make sure we maintain the status of the hockey tournament. Yeah. I think that's something that the listeners, you know, the booties, 
uh, should oh, understand. I hate that so much. I do hate it too, but they they wanted it. That's it. they wanted it. They wanted. That's what we call that... our listeners. We call them the booties. Booties. But that's because they yeah, wrote wish, in and said I wish, that. I wish, I wish it wasn't, but I wish yeah. they picked something different. But they yeah. picked it. Okay. So uh, what the the booties need to understand is, like Mike was saying, is that the the, the Heroes Cup tournament in Boston is actually played in Marble, Massachusetts, yep. and it's eight full size rinks yep. under one roof, which is. Hard banana is huge. Yeah, yeah banana land. It's kind of <laughs> hard to explain what that huge. looks like until you actually walk in. And you had—I remember when we when they added the two rinks, we had to put maps, maps up yeah. and like arrows on the floors oh, yeah. to be like turn like eight, rink eight. I this still way. need arrows, by yeah. the way. So please if you guys jump could on do that again. The walking great. tram. Yellow, yellow tape. Oh, you're on rink seven. Follow the yellow tape around the corner, like you're going to yeah. Mass General Hospital. Color code it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's the scale that uh, that I I think. Uh, people need to understand and it, it is it is in at least in in my opinion in my humble opinion uh the tournament right it is it, the it, tournament, is, yeah. it is pretty epic and the fact that it's not just um you know first responders it's it's anybody under that realm of a first responder and military so yeah. active duty military teams veteran teams uh police fire ems corrections officers yeah. um even you even let the coast guard in which is great <laughs> so uh we really appreciate that for them you know um that's great it's the first time they get butter is that the the uh with the food court they give butter out there they've never had it coast guards never had butter it's, oh. a, it's a long story it's a but, long uh, story. You gotta um, be careful about where uh, where you keep your butter. It's true as well. But uh, no, it's great, and and I like that that it is. You don't you you. A lot of times it's always fire with fire, police with police, military yeah. with military, and then the the closeness of how those groups really are, and and the likeness that they really have amongst their jobs is is incredible. Once you start really peeling back the layers of of who they are. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think me and you talk about that all the time from like a like a PTSD or mental health initiative kind of thing is one of our issues as a host foundation, you know, that's those similarities are all, you know, very much mingled with each other. And, you know, to get everybody together, it's just a natural resource to say, thank you. You know, yeah. and, it, and it is something that like, I know for a fact that a lot of people look forward to all year. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. I had one guy talk to me and this, this kind of set, set it in stone for me about the tournament. So, he was uh, a Navy guy um, stationed uh, down in Virginia, I believe, and he was in a really dark spot in his life, and he was um, borderline, you know, suicidal, had some mental health issues, and he was really in a dark spot. His teammates reached out to him and said, hey, we're going up to Marlboro, we're going to play in a hockey tournament. No, 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 and he just wanted to be left alone, was in, mm -hmm. in his dark place. And um, the teammates just showed up at his door and said, no, no, you're coming. They kind of took him hostage, brought him up, up tomorrow, showed him one of the best weekends with his friends. Yeah. And all of a sudden he r realized that, hey, there's friends out there. People need us. And, Absolutely. Uh, so that weekend he just, it completely turned his life around. Like he realized the support. He came home so happy. His wife was happy to see him. Like That's awesome. He's like, it saved my marriage, everything about it. The following year he tells me the story because he's, he was like one of the first people there. At the event, Friday Friday morning, he's like one of the first ones I see there. And he's like, dude, this tournament saved my life. I will be here forever. He's like, literally, and he said, nobody knew I was the struggles at it except for my teammates, yeah. the guys that I served with. I'm like, you know, stories like that That's make awesome. me want to just go even more, go yeah. even harder. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Heroes Cup 365 every day. Yeah. Exactly. Every day. 
so I got one final question, um, and unless you got any more. Uh, not about the Heroes Cup. I want to ask a, a, all right, a go question. Ahead. No, it's okay. No, you first. Oh, me first? Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So we, we are a military podcast, or we're, yep. we're a, a veteran podcast because the Department of Defense does not endorse anything we, we say. But we're still trying no. to work on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. If you could pick any job in the military, right, and we're guaranteed you could get it, what job would you have picked and, and why? It'd be something with, um, I mean, I, w- I don't even know job range, but it'd be something in the helicopter world, something in aviation. Um, I r- don't really know what I'd do. Because you're saying, I like being, yeah, wearing I like dog being, tags and what's playing that? volleyball on the beach. Yeah, that's what you're like, yeah exactly. <laughs> top gun level. No, flying fast. No, I, 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 I mean, a combat medic would probably be more or less down my world. Like, I, I like being a medic now. Uh, that would definitely be down my wheelhouse of something I'd, something that is high stress and high and High energy. I could see him in aviation. I could see him in aviation. I could see him as like a flight medic with some aviator glasses on. Yeah. And like, He's got the hair for he aviation. Does have the, sure. Yeah, it does have aviation style nice hair. hair. Yeah, that's good. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, so I have a question. Last one. Um, so your first responder, you got uh, some sort of medical knowledge and background yeah. and training. Uh, so I swallowed an ice cube hole, right? I still haven't pooped it out yet. Should I be worried? Eh, I think you'll be all right. Okay. I think I... Good. <laughs> It's a tough one. I it's do have, so weird to bring up to your doctor, so I, know. I wanted to bring <laughs> yeah, it on the, yeah. the podcast. Yeah, on the more bro level? Yeah. I think you are. A couple more warm towns. We'll wash it right down. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, uh, yeah, more more, uh, more bro level. Figured out what that really, <laughs> really happened in there. All right, I do have one bonus question. Okay, one, I, I forgot to ask. Um, and this one is this one is kind of your personal opinion, and hopefully you've seen both of these movies. All right, so uh, who would win in a fight? Charlie Sheen's character from Navy SEALs or... Rico from Starship Troopers. I have to go with Charlie Sheen. Oof, it's tough. Is it's this tough. is this pre Tiger Blood? That's why I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, but it's Charlie, it's Charlie Sheen. Blood. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Tiger yeah, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. They went right. right to Tiger Blood. But Rico's roughnecks. Rico's like killing aliens. Yeah. All right. I mean, okay, that's good. That's your opinion, though. He Tiger does blood. have the Charlie Sheen hair too. I like it. It's good. Okay. Cool. Fair enough. All right. So. Um, Again, we appreciate you coming on. We invite you to stay with us for the rest of the podcast and go through uh, oh, what, we do, what we do here. Yeah, cool. No, so I hope you're ready for the ride. Yeah. Let's do it. Buckle up. <laughs> it would just. I got a couple beers. I'm good. Yeah, good. I'm glad because it'd be really awkward if it was just me and Bobby sitting next to each other doing a podcast. Yep. Like, all right, Mike's just gonna be, be there, but he's not part of the show. You guys just yeah. start holding hands. Yeah. Like, in the middle. I don't know. I start rubbing. I start it's rubbing weird, his thigh. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, for my segment, I wanted to pick something that possibly someone from you know a, a fire background might relate to a little more. Um, you know, you guys stay at the firehouse. You know, we stay in the barracks. So uh, for my segment, it's gonna be barracks life. So it's just a couple of stories about shenanigans that happen inside the barracks. Uh, so Those are my favorite. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know if they will be. <laughs> okay, first story. No shit, there I was, Fort Drum. I was smoking a Newport one night in 2009. 
Out of the corner of my eye, I see a second-story barracks window fling open. A prosthetic leg goes sailing out into the knee-high snow. Moments later, a one-legged girl comes hobbling, frantically searching for it. I tried to tell my buddies about it, but I couldn't speak because I was crying so hard. And that's it. Uh, I, I lived in Fort Drum. I lived in those barracks. <laughs> that, that's what you do up there. Were you on the second story? No, I was on the first floor, so I would have seen it come crashing down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was on the second floor. I was on the first floor on uh, River Ridge Loop. That, that is, uh, I mean, that's kind of rude. Well, you, right? so I, I, we talked about this before, though, is like, when we talked about like having CQ duty inside the barracks and, you know, you're only allowed to have, you know, sign, um, not even significant others, just members of the opposite sex in your, in your barracks room. If you pay for it. <laughs> no, that's uh, found upon too. Oh, uh, it must've been during, it. during certain hours and you have to sign them in. Yeah. So this was probably a case of the young lady. I'm assuming she's a young lady was not signed in properly and then there was a CQ check going on and someone knocked on his door and she had to leave and that was the only way that it was going to happen and yeah but the thing is that's that can't be right because he threw the leg out the window and then she came hobbling out of the door she, oh, didn't, she didn't come hobbling yeah. out of the second story I window thought she came as out the well window too. yeah i don't no. listen very well mike it's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm already trying this to is a constant uh me reading stories and then having to re-explain the stories to bobby oh, afterwards yeah. because i was stationed at fort drum into the, uh, the picture instructions next time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This leg. <laughs> uh, any any uh, prosthetics flying out of windows at firehouses that you know of? No, not prosthetics. No. no. Uh, probably a few other things, but. So, in the in the firehouse, is it like a is it like a bay style living situation? Because it's, I mean, because you guys get to go home, obviously, like. So we'll go home in the morning. We'll, we'll yeah. work twenty four shifts, and then but during the day, it's it's usually always, like messing with each other, you know, the pranks and stuff that are going around the station, that kind of stuff. And, and yeah. we'll eat dinner together every night. Guys have their own bedrooms and stuff, but uh, we'll eat dinner together every night. And, you know, you're usually during the daytime, you're out messing around with something down on the floor and then or training or whatever. And then nighttime, you're, up, you know, playing video games or whatever, just to pass time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Do you have to, uh, do you, like, split a bed with someone when it's not, when they're not on shift, like that, you guys like, yeah, it's like you don't have like thirty beds. No, 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 <laughs> one we, for every firefighter. So there'll, there'll be basically like two people assigned to a bed. Oh, you'll okay. switch off. So, on days I'm not there, somebody else will make it. Imagine that in the in the army, there'd be so many scabies. It would be disgusting. Shit going on. It would be disgusting. There's just so many run. unsanitary fucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, speaking of unsanitary fucks, uh, next next story. <laughs> So a guy from the prop and rotor shop used to go into the Korean pharmacies, which were off-limits, and buy all kind of crazy shit like industrial-grade ginseng. Then he was getting uh, other pharmaceutical items from other places. His roommate was this goofball E5 who was new to the unit, maintenance team leader. Easy-going kind of butterball guy. One night, the door to the room flies open, and E5 backs out into the hallway with his, in his skivvies, saying, Dude, what the fuck? It's the prop guy fucking took fucking guy took something out and it took something and is now crouched down in the corner of the room with a fucking knife. We all creep closer to the door and look in. And sure enough, uh, the prop and rotor guy is is in his army issued skivvies and t-shirt back into the wall in the corner, holding out a shiv or dagger-like knife in front of him, panting and sweating. One guy turns on the light and the guy's 
on the side of the room. The guy's room is destroyed. What the fuck, he says. One of our guys says, fuck this, and retreats to the landline in the hall and calls the MPs. They show up, talk the guy down, disarm him, and drag him away. Turns out he'd been taking the Korean crank, uh, which I now know that crank is also known as meth, that he was buying uh, in the Korean village. So we never saw that dude again, obviously. So you'll, you'll, you'll learn from us that we also don't know how to read in this podcast. <laughs> um, so that's, that's it Yeah, it us. doesn't, uh, it, it is tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, I told you, we could do a whole fucking podcast on Korea stories, right? Oh, yeah. sure. We, <laughs> missing teeth from Korea, okay? Or parts of teeth. Pieces, prove it. Piece of, <laughs> pieces don't, of teeth. Don't prove it, sorry. Um, <laughs> you, I love the barracks stories, right? Yeah. But doing meth in the barracks, in your skivvies, your, your brownies. Well, you're not going to do it fully clothed. No, why would you? It's no, hot. you don't do meth fully clothed. Hot, Everyone right? knows that. It's hot. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, what's some of the craziest firehouse prank stories? <laughs> Unless you've got guys doing meth in the corner. Well, <laughs> not that I know about anyways. <laughs> that's the more for the more bigger cities, like, that's yeah. like, like New York, Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> um, we had one, this kid, he... I'll eat a bunch of them, but this one always just got me because of the whole setup and how much planning when stuff went into it. So uh, we're on shift. The next day, we have a, a foursome in a neighboring fire department's golf tournament. So we're all going golfing. And this kid is one of those golf hardos, takes golf super serious, has, you know, has to be out on the putting green, has to be there a half hour early. He's <laughs> he's the guy you don't want to sc- in a tournament because he's the one. Oh nope, yep, yep, you, nope. Sc- you sculled that nope. ball. You that one's it. gonna count. I saw it. You know, so th- this one, he's super serious about mm-hmm. it, and so yeah, we don't like those guys. Yeah, no. The uh, kid goes to bed early because he needed to get a good night's sleep <sighs> for his golf tournament the night the next day. We knew he was gonna do that. Well, the lieutenant uh, thought it was funny and he knew it was going to happen. So he went and did some pre-planning. Well, he went out shopping, uh, to get some stuff to mess with him the next day at the golf course. So all of a sudden he's, he's taking tools out of his truck. He brought a fucking drill press to, to the fire station. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Like, yeah, I got, I got to get this prank. This is going to be great. So he goes out to the firefighter's car, opens up, gets in his car, grabs his putter. All of a sudden, he takes out this big, ginormous freaking black dildo and puts it in the drill press, drills it out, <laughs> hauls it out, regrips the guy's putter for him, completely regripped it. So then he, he, uh, he goes to sleep. And this took us like probably four hours on the on the apparatus floor just making this thing meticulous, you know? And put it back in his bag, <laughs> in his car. The guy had no idea. He goes out on the putting green. And he's like, ready to go practice his putts, super serious. We offered him a beer. He's like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I still got to golf. Like, <laughs> just not happening, being so serious. Pulls his putter out to go practice. And no lie, that thing took two hands to get around. And he's sitting there, and he just turns red <laughs> as the sheets behind you. And he was just horrified. And he played golf 18 holes with this Big, ginormous, black, veiny cock. Best round and of his life. <laughs> it's actually made him better. <laughs> everywhere he went, everywhere he went, everyone's like, let me see the club, let me see the club. He was, like, famous for the club. Oh, <laughs> he ended up auctioning it off at the end of the tournament. Oh, really? Sport. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, sure some girl's like, I don't care what it costs. Yeah, yeah, I, don't I want, care. I I want, want that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the more carefully well-crafted wow, outbreaks I've ever heard. It's that so, was, that it's was so, awesome. It's so funny that it was an LT that did it to a lieutenant. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like I, I don't think that uh, fire officers are probably the same as our, I feel our like they should. I feel like they're more responsible than a lieutenant in the military. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take usually to become a lieutenant in the firehouse? 
Uh, at least 10 years, usually. Yeah, see, they're way more responsible than a regular yeah. lieutenant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why he had a drill press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. He's Mike. been places in life yeah. and shit, yeah. yeah. And he's m- done shit. More than likely. An amateur would have tried doing yeah. it with a drill and yeah, exactly. put a yeah. hole right through his hand. Yeah, and exactly. would have been on him. The whole dick would have been all fucking yeah. <laughs> oh, no, this catty was, this, was, this was very well well planned. So yeah, I, I bet to, he had like a micrometer and stuff like that. I, and, you know. like, uh, I don't know what that is. But uh, <laughs> breaking this down as I, I, I typically have to, I'm now thinking about this guy uh, dildo shopping. <laughs> Looking for the right one, like picking it up, like shaking it, and then like putting it to his like, nope. It's got to have the right weight. Yeah, it's got to have the right texture. Like, <laughs> did it have the balls on it too? <laughs> no, because no. oh, I was like holding hilarious. it, like to swing it, like sir, can we can we help you, sir? And he's like, nope, just shopping. No, I think it was the veins that got him yeah. for dicks. You know, yeah. like, that's like kind of grip. Yeah. It's yeah, grip. Right. You, you wanted the grip. sweat. <laughs> You're sweating. It's hot. It's golf tournament season. I mean, that makes sense. That's a good one. Would you say our? Are, are pranks common in firehouses? I mean, is it... They have to be, right? Like, You know what? They were when I started. They're mm-hmm. dying down. And now everybody, everybody's on this. So nobody has time to worry about their pranks, yeah, right? Everyone's which, like, which check out this Instagram Because like, that's yeah. one of my favorite parts of the fire department. Yeah. So they're definitely dying down or they're just getting... They're getting weak. People are putting the thought that much effort into. I was gonna now. say because, like you said, that was it took four hours to do that. Yeah, that was probably like the funnest four hours. Oh yeah, you know what I oh, mean. Oh yeah, we were all belly laughing as this kid sitting on his pillow, getting his good night's sleep for his golf tournament yeah. the next day. So you know, it's brilliant. But, oh, fucking brilliant. Yeah, no, there'll that be a lot of perfect. a lot of pranks done, but they're all like quick amateur ones. One guy uh, left his uh, Facebook page open, or no, he left something open, so he changed it. Uh-huh, it was funny, but then. The other guy got back to him and said, oh, you're funny. He took an ad out on Craigslist. <laughs> Free Bruins uh, tickets for the Stanley Cup. First one, uh, best Chewbacca voice on my uh, voicemail wins uh, Stanley uh, tickets. Um, just leave a voicemail, uh, and I'll have your number, and I'll call you back. And so his phone was bzz, 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 just all Just night. Chewbacca's. And yeah. Literally, it's just <laughs> Screaming into his voicemail, and he just had to sit there, delete, delete, oh, listen to every single one of them. See, we talked about it. Remember that? We, that? Did. we talked that about this on, That's there. brilliant. Firehouse, fire services. This is some good. So, I mean, military members, you got to step it up. You I know. Step Seriously. It up. I, haven't, I haven't seen one dildo prank. I want to see a dildo on someone's handle of their M4. <laughs> When they, when, they, when, they, when they go to shoot at the range. Like, come on now, people. Step this thing up. Like the pistol grip? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, on, like the first sergeants. Come on. That's true. Just right down the barrel. Yeah, just, yeah. just That's what you're looking through? Yeah. <laughs> the scope. <laughs> scope it. I mean, guys, we've given you three here, okay? It's, it's okay. in your hands. As literally. long as the dildo is, is close to his face. Fig- when figuratively shooting. and literally. That's, in, yeah, hands. in his hands. Uh... Well, speaking of dildos, you got something for us, don't you? I do. I can't um, wait to see how this segue is going to go. Yeah, so... Uh, we're not good with segues. We're not good. Right. Yeah. Well, we usually yeah. are. When we hit the good ones, John's like, I, that was a great segue. If it's good, I'll, I'll call it out. <laughs> He'll totally fucking ruin it. It doesn't ruin it. It, it highlights it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, well, I asked you a question earlier, and it was kind of a lead-up to yep. this. Um, I said, you know, what would you pick in the military? What job would you pick? And, and would it, you know, if, if you were guaranteed to get it? Yep. So we talked about a thing here on the podcast. Guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee this you guy. won't get that job. This guy. Um, we talk about a podcast or a segment on the podcast here called Big Green Weenie. And I'm sure. Which you, is not uh, a grip for a putter. It is not a grip for a putter. But I'm sure you probably have something similar in the fire service. It's just basically when. The service itself 
fucks you over. We call it the big green weenie in the military because it's like you're supposed to go on date night and then you have to work or you can't oh, yeah. get out of it. Or yeah, some, yeah. Some, it's more like someone loses a piece of equipment and now you have to spend the next 72 hours back in the field yeah. trying to find it. Uncle yeah. Sam's got a huge hog and he <laughs> loves to use it. So mm -hmm. we call it the big green weenie. And uh, like I said, I'm sure the fire service probably has something very similar where oh, yeah. you're just like, you have to continue to work or whatever. But um, I wanted to talk about some people's experiences right off the bat with the big green weenie. And that's when you get fucked over by a recruiter. Ooh. <laughs> so some people... Which, some that, people that happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a lot. Does. Those guys, those guys seem really honest. It and seems like that's yeah, exactly no. what you're going to get. Almost yeah, like they have a quota of every every month yeah. of how many people they have to get wow. in. It, wow. I'm sure it was very hard for you to find stories like this. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I literally because, typed like, in like Mike military said, they're, recruiter they're ever, very, and it popped up. They're very honest. Um, open. Open. Candid. Yeah. Trustworthy. Yeah. Just um, really want your best interests. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and the funny thing is we have a lot of friends that are recruiters. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot. My of comments friends. still stand. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I, 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 I picked one that I saw that really highlights the, the real learning about the big green weenie right off the bat from a recruiter. And then we'll, we can talk about some experiences. But It really sets the tone, though. It does. You know? So I said, the question was, was asked on, on, on the internet, have you ever been deceived by a military recruiter? And, and everyone was like, nope. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> what are talking about? The, uh, this one was absolutely yes, with three exclamation points. Uh, on my ASVAB test, my highest score was for administrative professions. My junior and senior in high school. I, exactly. Hope you need those kinds. Excuse me. My junior and senior year in high school, I excelled in accounting and word processing. Okay, so this was in the uh, 90s, so a word processor is yeah, like is an that? old school typewriter. Okay. But after a like typewriter, for, before for a computer, yeah, processing, like typing, but it's like, yeah. Anyway, Google it. Was there um, internet? No. Okay. Uh, I was able to type over 70 words per minute and really enjoyed the subject matter. I envisioned the Air Force as a very high-tech, cushy career that involved the possibility of becoming a pilot and flying high. My other score was for medical, and I also scored well for me the mechanical portion, which would have been carpentry, plumbing, heavy equipment operator, HVAC, and other associated professions. This was back in the summer of 92. So when I went to talk to the recruiter at the Cleveland MEPS building, he asked me, and I quote, why would you want to do a titty job? Titty <laughs> so job? So this is the early 90s. The I'm assuming he's thinking that all like these a, jobs like a are a woman's job, like woman's it. work, which we don't condone, okay? Because I think of a titty job as like, oh, this job's tit, like it's a good yeah, job. Yeah, like a good job, right? Yeah, yeah it's the tits. It's different yeah. different words for the 90s. I think but, that's back uh, in like 04. That, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I was taken back by that question. So I asked him, what do you mean? He said, you know, in 10 years, computers would run themselves. So here it is. I'm a young 18-year-old person who is thinking that this guy knows more than me. So I asked him, well, what career is best for me? Which is the recruiter's uh, like, uh, dude, he What spot do yeah. I got to fill? Yeah. Exactly. You remember when the Grinch smiles? That's what the recruiter <laughs> what, was doing. What career is best for me? Yeah. He right. told me, yeah. you know... Heavy equipment operators earn an excellent living oh, and will always be in high demand. So, so I figured, okay, sign me up. 
Let me just say that I ended up as a heavy equipment operator and hated it. Every last second of it, let alone minutes, hours, days, and years, worst job ever. It gets better. I operated a sewer truck. Uh. <laughs> That's something they didn't tell you about at the recruiting office. He says, but my all-time low blow hit me when I was outside jackhammering concrete, being miserable and cold when I had to go to the office to get my military information updated. So I drove to the building and went into the plush, warm, cozy office. I'm instantly jealous. The person who was helping me had a nice, clean environment with a radio playing soft music. I was able to see my crew and the dump truck in the far distance between the small ice particles and fine snow blowing very hard in the window <laughs> obscuring the visibility. It was a brutally cold day, and I felt a small, misleading sense of relief while sitting in the office handling my paperwork. Deep down inside, I knew that it was only for a little while, and within 30 minutes, my harsh, crappy reality of jackhammering, freezing, and ducking from the, the brutal periodic wind gusts would soon be my routine. Not that this other world of the military that I could have chosen in that recruiting office. It added to my misery when I got a glimpse of my would-be military choice had I not listened to the recruiter. Oh, and I forgot, I, forget, I found out about a year later that when people get in trouble in the military, they are sent to work with us as a form of punishment. <laughs> Imagine that. I signed up for a four-year punishment because of a lying recruiter with a necktie sitting behind a desk boils my blood even today when i reflect on this i feel your pain my friends and see I, that was a well-written story about a man who could have gone far in life if he had chosen that cozy office desk but was was finagled was was hoodwinked by a recruiter i'm gonna put this on him okay i'm gonna put this on him if he scored that high on all those things, he doesn't know what a heavy equipment operator does. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but do you ever think that a heavy equipment operation would be a fucking gut truck, a, a, a honey wagon? It's heavy. <laughs> it is equipment. Yep. It's, it's heavy and it's yeah. equipment. Fair enough. I, I take, I take my whole... the same category as a dump truck. I take my whole statement back. Yep. Um, Cut that out. 100%. Uh, have you ever experienced a recruiter lying to someone? Maybe perhaps one of your troops? No. No, 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 no. Yes. Um, so a, a big thing, because I was uh, maintenance, and a big thing for us was uh, was HIMARS. That's really not. We all sucked. HIMARS, which is uh, rocket systems on the back of the trucks and shit like that. So they would bring these you know, privates in on the promise of, you know, you, you get this MOS, then... Like you can shoot up the ranks and all this shit. Oh, yeah. Like warrant officer, like so you'll fast. get you'll get E five in no time. Like you can go warrant like in this. And once they had all the slots filled for this <laughs> specific MOS, they took it all away and they cut it off at uh, E four for most of them. There was two E six slots, no one E six slot, and then they they took all the warrant officer slots away. Zero promotion possibility. Zero promotion Love possibility. Love it. And it's uh, like a six-month school. It's like a ri ridiculous amount of time you have to be at school. Huh. So 
Mike, I asked you a question about like, what would you, what would you, I, I prefaced it a certain way. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. Aviation. I would love yeah. be like, Oh, aviation. So if I was a recruiter, I'd be like, aviation, we've got plenty of jobs in aviation. You like aircraft? Fueler. You want to be, <laughs> be around aircraft all day long? You want to know the ins and outs of aircraft? Aircraft mechanic. Boom, here you go. You're good with your hands. So now... They pay well anyways. They do. Yeah, However, in the military, so I had I had a, my nephew had talked to me one time about thinking about joining the, uh, the, the Air Force to be a mechanic. Yep. And I was around aviation pretty much my whole, whole life in the Air Force. And uh, yeah, I, sl- Force, so. I slapped him because he's like, no, they get the recruiter told me they go everywhere with the aircraft. Anywhere that aircraft goes, they get to go. I was like, you are right. And when that aircraft goes to the desert and that pilot is in an air conditioning tent getting a briefing, you're on the tarmac in 120 degree weather turning wrenches. And then uh, or you're on the night shift and you're working all night long. You're never seeing the sun. Or if that aircraft goes to like Alaska to uh, fly the Northern Patrol, you're outside working on that aircraft. Mm-hmm. So all these jobs. You're like the caddy I know. of the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all these <laughs> yeah. jobs, they, you know, everyone's like, I'm going to join the military. It's going to be great. And I feel like some people get pushed into these jobs and they're just like, oh, my God. And they get out. I can see that because it's such yeah. a wide range of jobs. It is. You have to yeah. fill those jobs. You have to get those people in there. Yeah. And uh, who better than the youth of America to con and hoodwink? <laughs> but, it's really uh, so easy. It really is. Yeah. It really is. So some people do get to experience the, the big green weenie right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, right off the bat, what would you say? Uh, is there like a recruiting myth in the fire department? Is there like a big red weenie? No, I want to say <laughs> necessarily a recruiting myth Crimson. as much as like a job myth where like people sign up for the fire department thinking you're going to go to fires and do some. That is not the world. <laughs> you're going to go to the nursing home 10 times tomorrow. tomorrow <laughs> for the same and you're person? Pick up Nanny <laughs> the same time and she's going to have the same complaints. Each time, over and over, and you're gonna have to be a professional about it. You don't. You're not going to fires. <laughs> There's none of that. There's no breaking stuff. It's so, like 15 years. I've never seen one fire. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fire service as a whole, uh, particularly outside of the big cities, might be a little bit more misleading to people. But people get used That's to really it. Good. I mean, I I feel like because a, a lot of veterans do, they go into you know they become yeah. firefighters, and I feel like. It's just like recruiting all over again. They think yeah. they're gonna ha! have this like super high speed badass <laughs> job, and then it's like you know well, what so you said. They send you through twelve weeks at the fire academy, and you go yeah. there, and every day you're fighting a fire, you're breaking stuff, you're climbing the roof. All right, this job's great. You're you know Monday morning comes, you graduate the academy, you're ready to go. You just went to that same nursing home ten times, and then they, now you're going to the other two nursing homes at two o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> you welcome the fire service. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Would you say it's fair to say like you you're a brand new? Firefighter walking into the firehouse and they're like the mops over there. Definitely. Like, Definitely. <laughs> go ahead. And, like, damn Definitely. it. <laughs> Never escape the mop, right? Here's the back of the ambulance. Uh, yeah. Here's the mop. Those are the orange. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all you get. He's like, I was an E7. I fucking I took. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I took troops into battle. That's that's awesome. Yeah, the mop closet's right, right over there. there. Yeah. yeah. You have to jimmy that or shimmy that. that yeah. That, no. And can you get the dishes done before dinner? That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, are you a good firehouse cook? I love cooking. Yeah, what what's uh like what do you what's a firehouse staple? Uh, we do a lot of like normal, you know, healthy dinners, but then on weekends I like breaking out the smoker. Oh, okay, nice. I'm a barbecue guy, so nice. Yeah, barbecuationist. It helps that we have the police station right next door, so they're usually be hauling in somebody in handcuffs, <laughs> fighting with someone, and they just happen to get 
the smell of smoker coming across their nose. Oh, perfect. I wasn't going to so, say, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. You're like, yeah, we have, I was we're smoking like, stuff, like bacon, no, no, no. pigs. No, no, no. And, no, no. <laughs> and we have, I was like, all right, cool, I'll take whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's just mostly just a little prong to remind them what job You went diabolical on that one. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love Jesus. it. Well, that's funny. Um, we So what we do is on the show, we close out the segments with a mail call. <laughs> And basically, it's we have people that write in um, and give us stories that are actual stories from our listeners about stuff. And it's funny because this one uh, is about police. Nice. So, um, yeah, you want, you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I did so well reading the other things that yeah, I had, perfect. so I'll read this one as well. Voice again. <laughs> uh, so permanent party members at a base in the Pacific Northwest decided it would be funny to pull a prank on an MP at a gate one night. So they decided to kidnap the MP, hogtie them, took them outside the guard shack and then proceeded to pretend to be the MP by performing the MP's duties for him. The gig was up when the shift supervisor came to check on the lone airman and did not recognize the said MP at the gate. That was sent in by Anonymous, by the way. Um, I love this story because there's no backstory to it. I know. Like, did they have it interaction with this MP at first? Like, did, was it someone they just didn't some like? Or was it, yeah, just some lines, random yeah. guy who was just really just trying to do his job, you know, to the best of his ability. And, and then he got tackled and hogtied and kidnapped. Uh, which is a federal <laughs> offense, by the way. There's quite a few felonies yeah. in this story. I can understand why they're anonymous. Yeah. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on these things, but... Unless this anonymous was the MP. Oh. So they're trying to like make it like oh, it was me. And this is the well, this this is the way of them, like, processing their this ordeal. This is the therapy because they were fucking kidnapped. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is the therapy. They have yeah. no idea what the lead up was. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea why you were kidnapped. <laughs> That's uh, it's a good. Yeah. One. there's a lot of felonies in there. There's a lot of felonies, and it's just, it's just so weird the things that come to your mind when you have nothing to do. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that like, so. These are the kinds of things that that that, and I'll be honest, it's what it was what dudes think about when they have no time or when they have so much dudes time on their hands. Yeah, but I, like I would think about this. I don't think a group of girls that are just like, hang. I, I mean, know. they are diabolical too. I've I've watched a lot of Pornhub, and <laughs> it seems to be something they do a lot. Okay. Anyway, so what I I mean is you get like a group of of, of privates together, and they're they're not training. They're they're hanging around. They're like, you know what? We should go fuck with that MP, right? It doesn't cross their mind that that's a law enforcement agent. Yeah, and they're that, just like that's another Joe. Yeah, that's another yeah. Joe, and they're, he's doing his job or her job, and and <laughs> yeah, that's like probably the only time you'll ever see that story and not hear like uh, their four sen- soldiers were sen- shot. Yeah, their sentencing <laughs> date is this, or it's like whatever. It's like they got an Article 15 or like a counseling, yeah. or they were never caught. Yeah. You know, that they, they realized that they the jig escaped. was up and they just they just left him hogtied where the fuck he was. Just ran. And then ran away. Ran Some away. random person just finds him. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they're either dressed in civilians or dressed in uniform. Either way, they're not going to pick you out no. anywhere. All, all military people. It's really the like. perfect crime. It really is. So if you guys want to go kidnap your, your local MP <laughs> and send us in the stories, uh, we'll welcome or them. Or a video. Videos would be great. Although we're supposed to say, aren't you supposed to say like, like at the end of like ridiculousness or like 
No, I want them. Like, I want your videos. I do want... not send any. Our, our producers yeah, no. will not review these. No, that's not No, our producer here, probably yeah. would review it and then yeah. turn you into the cops and be like, this is hilarious. Now, here you go. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll definitely air it first. Um, Breaking news. Hard hitting. I'm not going to sell you out. I don't know about <laughs> these two. But, hey, it is what it is. So, um, that was Mail Call. That was Mail Call. And yep. that's the show. That is the show. Um, but But before we go. Yep. I uh, I was driving in. I happened to uh, to pass by the Red Line truck. Mm-hmm. I, I want you, one? Yeah. So uh, what's what's Red Line all about? Red Line's a business I started um, actually right uh, last year after the Heroes Cup 2019 because we were doing a lot for uh, cancer prevention. In the fire service, there's a big problem with dirty gear and causing cancer. Well, uh, one of the foundations we work closely with kept asking for more and more and more money to fund washers and dryers and fire stations. And I did the math out. I'm like, this is an unachievable goal. Like, it's astronomical. It would have been just for Massachusetts. It was some $30 million just to cover Massachusetts fire stations, and it doesn't even, you know, move the needle in the process. So I'm like, this. there's got to be a better solution. So uh, while thinking about that, my chief tells me, hey, Mike, your, your gear is dirty. It's got to get sent out. I'm like, all right, good, have it cleaned. And he's like, oh, it's going to be two to three weeks to have it back. I'm like, Two three weeks, chief. <laughs> my gear. I got to work tomorrow. I was gonna guys. say, do I do I get to work? <laughs> so, um, so it was one of those things I didn't realize uh, there was nothing out there. So, um, there's a bunch of commercial laundry facilities that you ship to stuff too. But, um, so I built a and patented a mobile truck that it's actually a big mobile laundry room that can clean gear anywhere, whether it be at a firehouse or um, and at a scene of an incident, it can clean 50 sets of gear right on the truck. So it's awesome. back in service in two hours. That's awesome. So, I mean, you, you, you kind of, like we were talking about before, you, you, you dove right into it. You, you, see, you see a problem, and it's a, it's a real legit problem, and, and you find out a solution. So that's really, that's what, it's really great. Appreciate it. I wanted you to be able to plug that a little bit. So that's it, man. Yeah. I want to say, Mike, I'm Thank really you. happy that you were able to be here for our first guest. Yeah. I'm honored to not only have you as a guest, but to know you. Like I said, I think you're selling yourself way short on some of the stuff that you do and you've achieved in a very short amount of time, not only with the Heroes Cup, but with all the charities that you that the Heroes Cup supports and provides support for. Mm-hmm. And the I think we touched on it earlier, just the way that people look forward to the Heroes Cup. Oh, so for sure. you're you know, you're 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 taking taking on, you know, cancer in the fire service. You're taking on, you know, mental health in the first responder and, and veterans and active military community, you're, you know, you're still actively serving as a firefighter, protecting your community. Like it's a, it's fucking amazing. And it's awesome to see yeah. that. And I really do appreciate that. Um, I'm looking forward to the heroes cup. I've looked forward 100%. to the heroes cup. I can't wait. I, so I, happy it's happened. In this so I can't wait to fucking slam a heroes cup warm town brew with you. <laughs> yes, and, uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate you coming on, man. I really oh, appreciate you great. hanging out yeah, with us thanks. and telling us some funny stories and, and diving in. There's going to be a live version. Oh, oh well. God. Yeah. He's, he's, he's plugging in <laughs> for us. Should I have not said something? No, or? that's I fine. I appreciate that you did. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Matros has spilled the beans, right? So basically this Heroes Cup, we're going to be live. Yeah. We're going to be doing our show. Friday evening. Heroes Cup Friday evening, and which is why we wanted to have you on because we want this episode will be dropping right now when you're listening is basically one week from the start of the Heroes mm-hmm. Cup, and uh, we're very excited to be live there. Um, come by, grab some swag, grab some stickers. Yep, we'll have um, we'll have more information about it. Yep, next week. Yep, but uh, but yeah, we will be there. 
and we'll have some stuff for you guys, and it, it'll be a, a very fun time. Last ally question, Heroes Cup family friendly this year. What's the deal? Yes, spectators are allowed. Perfect. That's what we family wanted to hear. Friends are welcome. Yep. Our one listener asked me that uh, to ask that question. <laughs> well, he so, is welcome. Um, we'll even yeah. give him a free pass. Oh, look at that. Well, he's playing. So. Oh. <laughs> we'll give, we'll give the person he's bringing a free pass. He's got a fundraise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll give him the gift of being able to fundraise. Not bringing the gift my of yeah, the gift of fundraising. Yeah, mine will be the Wormtown family. Um, <laughs> but thank you again, Mike, no Johnny. Problem. Thank you so much. Thank you always. As always, Big Dick Nick. Thank you too. Um, yes. We can't do what we do without you. We could. It just wouldn't be anywhere near as good. So if you have I any stories, do them. I write them in. You. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, to, to write in the stories, visit us at wilcomediapro.com slash podcast. That's where you can submit your stories. Or if you you know you want a segment to, to for us to talk about, if you have suggestions about that, you know, just write shit where it says write shit here. And that is the show, everyone. We'll see you next week. Word on the street is Mike's playing goalie this year for the C team. For what C team? His C team. <laughs>